Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy home day. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, and Dennis Dick with us as always. Good morning to all. We got a lot to talk about. We're talking earnings. We're talking reopening trade or maybe lack thereof. Maybe? I don't know. A warning from Southwest Airlines. The kind of warning we even think could happen. We didn't know if it would happen. It appears to have happened this morning. We will talk about that. Our guest today, I am very excited for Christian Fromhertz, founder of the Tribeca Trade Group at 835. Christian is always great with his charts and his setups and his thoughts. It'll be at 835. Do us all a favor and take two seconds out of your life and do what it says on the screen. Smash that like button. Thank you very much. Uh, let's throw it to Joel as he shares his charts. Joel, good morning. How are we doing? Are we still at all-time highs or, or not Not quite there? Before we do that, Spencer, uh, we got to talk about Saturday, August 21st here. Uh, I'm starting to get excited about that. Uh, Spencer's giving me some ideas. Also, uh, Money Mitch is going to be joining the crew there to help us moderate it. Triple D, we have a meeting at 1 o'clock today. Did you get that? Um, <laughs> boy, I'm meetings, man. <laughs> what? I'm the worst with meetings. You're the worst with everything. With organization. <laughs> mean. I'm a, I didn't I'm even pretty... text you back. You said, Oh, can we change it? And I'm like, I'm gonna do it at any whatnot. Anyways, we gotta we gotta have so we might have to go from three hours to 30 hours to get uh-huh. everything in. So it's gonna be an eventful Saturday. Uh Mitch is gonna or Spencer drop the link in there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh as far as the I'm gonna share my screen, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show you anything because the we're stuck. We are stuck in the 44-20 handle, all-time closing high yesterday, but it was just a, a whimper of a high. Let me uh, bring up the charts. We got the 38 and a quarter midday. It looked like we were breaking out, and then, you know, Fed speak, you know, rates are going up in September. They want to get rid of Powell. They hit it, and then we just rallied back. But look at those ranges consolidating near the top. You know what that means? Another breakout. We'll see what the CPI number does to the market today. Crude, it's a mover. It's down 99 cents. It's 67.30. Gold just trying to get back up to 17.60, up 840 at 17.40.10. Silver, that's in the green too, but in the 23 handle, that's up uh, just a couple pennies at 23.42. Bitcoin, comfortable in the 40, 45,000 handle, trying to get into 46, high the move at 47. We're up 440 at 45, 935. We can discuss Coinbase earnings too. And Ethereum, that's going the same way. That's been a lot stronger. That's up $73 at 32.26. So I guess the story of the day, the driver of the day is going to be Southwest Airlines. Well, let's see. Let's find out. I, I think it's too early to tell. 
it's so the driver of the pre-market. Yes. Because we are clearly seeing a reopening trade, which has been hot for a couple of days, come off, uh, at least in the airlines, even the cruise lines trading down. So reopening is uh, is coming off this morning. Give us the details. Yeah, 8K out from Southwest Airlines this morning. Here is what they said. Uh, they say July's operating sales were in line with expectations, stronger leisure, passenger traffic. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Operating sales uh, for the overall quarter, however, is down three to four percent or three to four points from their previous outlook. Why is that? Because in recent weeks, and I'm going to quote here, uh, they've, quote, recently experienced a deceleration in close in bookings and an increase in close-in trip cancellations in August 2021, which are believed to be driven by the recent rise in COVID-19 cases associated with the Delta variant. This is from Southwest Airlines. They are saying that in in August, we've seen a, a slowdown, and not, not just in new bookings, but an increase in, in cancellations. Yeah. We think it's because of the, of the Delta variant. That's what yeah. they're saying. So remains to be seen how... Um, how far this news, how far across the market this news reverberates today, but it is reverberating throughout the airline sector in the reopening trade this morning. Yeah, and this is what we talked about two days ago on the show. That's why I've been cautious on the reopening stocks. I talked about my friend who had a trip planned to Disney, and uh, four days ago, he's like, no, not going to go down there. There's just too many cases. So, you know, he's a huge fan. Um, You know, he has been pumped for the trip. You know, obviously, we've been a year and a half where, you know, we haven't been doing anything like that. So he was really excited and he canceled it. And that's because you see in the news, you see in the numbers down there and you're like, OK, there's 30 percent of the population that's not going to give a crap. Then there's 30 percent of the population that's on the fence. And then there's 30 percent of the population that's somewhat scared of this virus. So, I mean, if you just even lose the 30 percent that's scared of the virus, that's going to equal cancellations. This is exactly what LUV is saying. It's exactly what we were warning about a couple of days ago. You've got to be careful here. Is it all priced in? Is the reopening problems all priced in on some of these stocks? I mean, we know they've been coming down for two months, some of these trades. But the recent rally in RCL from 70 to 80 is telling me maybe, you know, it might not be priced in. You know, the recent rally in Carnival Cruise Lines, big rally lately. It It, it, it is a concern. It is a concern. It's not going away. Now, if the numbers start to come in, obviously, you know, we get it back in check. Then, you know, this trade can come back off. LUV has sold off substantially in the last couple months. This is a Delta sell-off. Don't kid yourself. This is sold off because of Delta. So the question is, how much is priced in already? Uh, This isn't unexpected news, but it's a little bit of a, okay, this is real. You know, we are seeing, you know, some portion of the population that is obviously scared of this virus. So I think if you're looking at the reopenings, you got to look at the lows of the move. LUV, low of the move, 47.36. I don't, I think I'd go to the more recent one, 48.50, if I was looking to buy this pullback. But I need more information. For me, I don't have a lot of reopening stocks. I need more information yet. I'm kind of interested because some of them have come down quite a bit. That makes me, you know, want to do the little barbell thing. I'm still heavy tech. I'd love to get a few more reopening stocks in there. I did put Uber in there, which is a reopening stock, but I'm being very selective still because of all the unknowns of we don't know where this is going. Uh, I got a trip to the cross the Wisconsin plan in a couple of weeks, and I'm not canceling that. 
the people that were going to visit. Would you go to Florida right now? Would you go on a trip <laughs> to Disney World? Well, I, I'm not, I, I, can we ask that in the chat? Yeah, here, I'll drop a survey. Let's drop. Quick. Would you go I'll, to I'll Disney? Would you oh, pop on a plane and go to Disney right now? The answer for me is an absolute no. The answer from my friend was a no. He actually canceled the trip three weeks out. So would you go to Disney right now? Would you go stay well, on the, and, and go to the Magic Kingdom? Does it have to be Disney specifically? You're going to be Florida. No. Florida. Would you Florida, go? like resort, you know, where there's okay. a lot of people, you know, shared, you know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I, I would say that my dad is going to Florida. It's not for it's not for vacation. He's going to see his dad. but he's, That's different. Like going to a public, you know, where there's thousands of people. Is, uh, is it's very Blizzard... mixed, the chat. There's yeah. some yeses and there are some noes. Um, is Blizzard Beach open? <laughs> then, if it is, then Joel's in. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hit that slide. But it's another thing too, Dennis. Your friend has kids, right? You're, that was gonna go down there. Yeah, unvaccinated I mean, I kids. To, so I want to take whole... my kids to Disney too. My kids are my kids. I was telling right. them, you know, we're starting to get right. closer. Like, when can we go to a place and when can we go back to Disney? When can we do these things? I'm like, it's coming. You know, I was saying that a few months ago, wow. and now it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, with my kids, they both have asthma, so I've got to be extra careful too. Um, so that isn't everybody, but you know, here's the vote so far. You want to know what the vote? 150 people just vote in the last 10 seconds on our poll. It is 53 percent yes, 46 percent no. It is split. It is split. <laughs> 55. So a little more leaning to yes, but you yeah. know what that means? Sure, 55 percent yes is great. But does that is that good for LUV? That's exactly showing up in the LUV numbers. Our poll that we just conducted is showing up in the LUV numbers because there's 46% of the population that says no. And there's 46% of the population. Some of those no's had tickets, and that's why they're seeing cancellations. So it's not, you know, LUV says we think it's Delta. It's not a we think it's Delta. It is Delta. There is no, there is no doubt that they are seeing cancellations because people are worried about Delta. I'm not saying we're going back in the lockdown. I'm just saying as stock traders and as buyers of reopening stocks, if we are potentially looking at those sectors, we have to weigh all the evidence that is out there. And the evidence right now is uncertainty. Even our poll, 51 to 49, 50-50. It's exactly 50-50 right now. 229 votes we had in one minute. 50-50. Half would not and half would. That's tough. Dennis That's tough. with the play-by-play. I love it. Uh, a couple things. Well, we're looking at this. Dennis, the pre-market low, we've seen that. And it's a pretty thick stock, right? Pre-market low is 49.65. You got uh, two lows in the same area, 48.56. Then you had the low of the move. Uh, but those are dailies. But if you look at the monthly, let's forget about the dailies here. I mean, do you think you're going to get a shot of 45 on this? Three monthly lows in a row, or if you're taking a poke here at 48, 48 and a half, you're gonna you might have to sit it out to 45. I mean, three monthly lows in a row in that area. Take you know, taking out if we take out the low from this month at 47.37. So down buck 31. That is a big move for LUV. Uh, I don't know. Monthlies tell me dailies tell me 47 and a half. The monthlies tell me 45. Can I Hello? can I say something that's slightly off topic? Uh, I'm lo- so on LUV. You're looking at 45. Yeah, right on yeah. On the monthly, look at the I, monthly. I don't think you're going to see this. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm torn here. Are you going to continue to see continued selling, or is this early selling just an overreaction? 
Okay, what about the business travelers here? What's the business? Tra- I mean, that, it will be that's up. Tough. You know, Kevin O'Leary was on CNBC about an hour ago, and he said exactly what I think too. It's not coming back. You're not going to get back to the levels that we were there in 2019. You're going to get a lot of back, but are you getting back 100% of the business travel nope. coming back? Absolutely not. You're going to get probably 70 percent of those business 70, travelers. that's a generous i'm sure the well, airlines if, if it's only 70 see. it's problems for the airlines i'm gonna tell you right now if they lose 30 percent of their business travelers long term the airlines all got trouble Can, so it's got to get thin to margins at yeah. a minimum thin you margins. can't start losing 30 percent of your of, of your business traveler and expect you know your stock price to be making new all-time highs can I? I read an amazing stat this morning in the Wall Street Journal. This this blew my mind. Okay, in the in Q one of nineteen ninety six, the average domestic airline ticket cost two hundred eighty four dollars. That's nineteen ninety six two eighty four. In Q one twenty twenty one, it was two sixty. So look, we have deflation in something. <laughs> there is deflation. There is what the Fed's looking at. That's what they're looking at yeah, with their great. CPI data. It's airline tickets. But no, but but on on the note of the, of the business travel, right? Like, is this really a growing industry? I no, mean, prices are it wasn't stagnant. before COVID. Good right. point. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. That's what they're saying. I'm saying that they're saying it. So. I, I, it's been tough to own. Even the airlines, we talked about this too, Joel. Were the airlines doing great before COVID started? I mean, LUV was $50 back in 2016. And yeah, it went up to $65 in 2018. But it was basically $50 before this thing started. It's $50 here today. The airlines have gone basically nowhere in six or seven years. There's a reason for that. There's no growth. And you know what? They start losing 30% of their business travelers <laughs> if they start, you know, just getting spooked. The, 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 Obviously, the, the the traveler that's you know going on vacations, you know the the retail has to pick it up. They have to pick up the slack, and I think you could see that in the short term. If this Delta variant wouldn't have happened, I think you would have saw a better reopening. But now the Delta's happened, you've spooked people. You've spooked some people. That's all that matters. That's what you got to understand. With business, with money, it's not about like a business loses twenty percent of its its sales is a disaster. Oh. Like, I mean, we complain about sales going down 3%. You know, you think about stocks getting hit. Get Losing crap, 5, crushed. 10, 20% is crushed. So if you have half the people spooked to go to Florida, there's problems for the airlines in the immediate term. They need to solve the Delta problem. That's it, what needs to happen. That goes for the cruise lines, goes for the airlines, that goes for the casinos. There's a reason when in Las Vegas sands have been hammered. There's a reason. And it's Delta. So, you you know, and people don't want wow, me to talk 40. about Delta. But, I mean, this is this is what you're Reality. You this is making, if you're a trader, you make money by figuring this stuff out and figuring it out ahead of time. And if you were thinking that Delta might actually slow down the reopening trade a month and a half ago, you got paid for that because it did. Money flew into tech and has come clearly out of reopening. Now, we don't know when that trade reverses. I do believe it's going to reverse at some point in time, but watch the data. You know, watch the cases. We start to get it back into control you start thinking about buying these reopening stocks. Again, remains to be seen how far this headline reverberates today. So far today, it's it's, it's hitting the airline industry, it's hitting your reopening, but but we don't know if if you know come 10, 11, 12 o'clock today, you know, like will the market shrug this off or not? It remains to be seen. On the other side of this coin, you know, about the Delta variant, you know, rising and all that stuff, uh, Dr. Gottlieb did say yesterday he thinks and this is a quote from him. He thinks we're in like the final wave 
of this pandemic. He thinks, I hope I hope he's right. He, he thinks this is it. He doesn't think it's going to get much. That that was something that I was discussing with Lisa too. And yeah. I'm like if it's you know because there's just waves, you know, right. and there's certain waves, and you know the areas that are getting hit now, and and you know are some of the you know areas that weren't hit hard, you know, at the beginning. So it's just waves. I tell you, I, I keep a close eye on the hospital beds here at all the Detroit hospitals yeah. and we're in, in people on ventilators. Right. I have Lisa check it every day and uh, we're, we're doing okay. I mean, we're doing yeah. good. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, so, and, and to, when I look at that and then I look, you know, I don't want to be, you know, you know, selfish or anything, but I look at Michigan, Michigan was hit hard, was hit hard early, took certain precautions. And now, you know, that's it. So I, right now I'll tell you in Mr. Market, and I know we look at all different kinds of indexes and everything right now, the market's given the middle finger to the Delta variant. As far as I can, in certain stocks, I know Dennis, three opening stocks. That, are getting that, That's hit. not the case at all. It, it's re- you don't been, think so? it's it's been very clear that Delta has been driving the bus. You know why do you think mm-hmm. you know all these tech stocks have had the rip and rallies that they did? Because but that's what worked in twenty twenty. We yeah, went yeah. right back to the Delta trade of twenty twenty. We sold everything. You know, from the all those reopening stocks, and we bought up all the tech stocks. That's what happened in the last month and a half. We went to the 2020 playbook, and they bought all those stocks. Besides no, the video no, gamers, but, but, over besides, the, but over the last month, that, that hasn't really been the case. I mean, okay. I'm, well, bring up the chart of American Airlines. Okay, twenty six dollars in June, twenty dollars today. Yeah, yeah, okay. Bring up the chart of Carnival Cruise. Bring up the chart of Zoom. It's it's flat in the last month. Yeah, but if you go back to June, 320, so it's come down the last two days. But because, again, this is reopening, driving the bus. What happened in the last two days? No, in, in the last in the last month, Zoom Zoom was four was over 400 a month ago. I'm, I'm saying no. it started in June, 320. It started at the beginning of June, this Delta. When we started hearing, we've been talking about this for two months. It's not one month. It started two months ago. The Zoom bottom, 320 coincides nicely with the carnival cruise lines top it's almost to the date june first week of june look at the first week of june and look at the separation between ccl and zoom look at what happened you had the run so i mean it's very clear in the this this happened the first week of june in this in the reopening stocks yeah yeah but not like across the board not in tech for example is what I is what yeah, here's my question now, Dennis. So go to the beginning of June. Where was the Nasdaq? Yeah, but this is this is three thirty. We're up ten percent in the last two months in tech stocks. In in five stocks. In five stocks. That's what you mean. In but the, that, but there's a reason those stocks work. Those stocks got bid in 2020 as well. I'm just giving you the evidence. It's not yeah, you know I, it's I, not I, it's not rocket science. You know that you know this this trade didn't occur at the beginning of June. Hindsight Capital's 2020, we can always analyze the data and say, we had a rip and rally in tech in June. We had a sell-off in all the reopening stocks in June. Why? Delta. I mean, it's 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 obvious. It's obvious that happened. Peloton, back in the beginning of June, 102, 104. And they've come off. In the last couple of days, this trade has started to reverse. So is this now the time to reload? So let's forget about that. We, you know, we don't get paid for what's happened in the past. We get paid for predicting... <laughs> What's going to happen in the future? Sure. So the question of the matter is, does this crowded tech trade, which it is crowded right now, continue to get more crowded? 
Or is there that potential to buy the dip on some of these reopening plays that Delta is eventually going to get back in check? I'm kind of in the latter camp. So, you know, people who are saying rah-rah Delta, I mean, you know, that I'm rah-rah Delta. I'm looking to buy some of these reopening plays. I've already been paid to be long tech. I was loaded. I sold. I, the only reopening stock I kept was Las Vegas Sands. So I already got paid for that. So now I'm trying to figure out how do I get paid in the next three to four weeks? Do I want to be long those reopening stocks or do I want to be long tech stocks? I'm kind of, I don't know. I think I want to be more balanced. It's going to be a great question for Christian Fromhertz in 15 minutes too because he looks at the data as well. We're going to have him on. But I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? You know, like do we use this pullback this morning in some of the reopening plays, which you're clearly seeing them pull back off the LUV data to maybe start to get some exposure there? I, I, I'm not sure I know the answer. I'm kind of on the fence. The tech is interesting too. And I just pulled up Apple here because, you know, it hit that 150. We know that there's just a roadblock there with size and it won't go down. It really won't go down. It's down a little bit today, but it's just what a trading range. And I just don't, this is what I think is developing in Apple here. Did you see that consolidation we had from the middle of May to the middle of June? That was very unusual. And then we finally broke out in June of that uh, long consolidation. Yeah. yeah. Here you got the consolidation, but it and it it's leading on the lower end of it. So earnings couldn't take it through it. I just I mean 145 to 150. I mean, how how I mean this is symptomatic of the market too, but I'm keeping a close eye on Apple. They did not respect these stocks after uh, earnings, which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, Microsoft had that one day when it bolted through 290, and then they just slapped people around. It went to 291.55, and then the sellers came in again. Uh, Amazon, you know, it had the report, and oh man, just. It's not about, I mean, you got a reference point with the low of the moon, but you can't say it's roaring out of there. Uh, Google, I mean, this is all after, well, Google's been acting the strongest. I got a good stat for you. I actually heard on CNBC. What percentage of the population from 15 to 25 uh, looks at YouTube? I think they said on a daily basis. Oh, I would probably guess 85%. Okay. I think that's high, but it's going to be a high number. Seventy-seven. Oh yeah, wow, that's crazy. Wow. High, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Is that yeah? YouTube's yeah. just powerful. Yeah. I mean, my kids like they love that YouTube kids. You, we limit the screen time, but they if they if they had a choice, they would be on that thing twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. They wouldn't even eat on the YouTube kids if they had their own. They choice. wouldn't eat. You yeah. said. Yeah, they would just stay on YouTube Kids. Oh, yeah, they use YouTube Kids over breakfast every single for the four-year-old and six-year-old. Like, a lot of times when I'm doing my research in the morning, you know, Spencer's up at 6 o'clock this morning. I was like, I can't parent right now. You know, at 6 a.m. It's too early. I throw them on. We let YouTube Kids parent for, for the first 20 minutes until I, I get I my even... wits about me. Yeah. But, okay, wait, can we talk about some earnings? Can we talk about – Yeah, want... let's go. Let's go. Right. Yeah, we, we got to move on. We got to catch up here. Fubo or Coinbase? Pick one. Do Coinbase. It's okay. more relevant to the overall market, really. Wow. That's not just mean to Fubo. Crypto. Yeah. It runs crypto. Market. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, the Coinbase, this is a very oh, – so they're both interesting reports. So Coinbase's numbers were good. And so their, their EPS beat, their sales beat. Um, but and but here's what I think is, is going on here. And, and they actually said this in their report. They did lower their – or they warned that their Q3 
trading volume would be lower than their Q2 trading volume. Here's what I think is going on here. Uh, they don't break it down by month. They don't tell you how their activity, you know, uh, uh, changed on the platform dur- during the quarter. They just, did, you know, do quarter over quarter, year over year. Uh, Benzinga knows because Benzinga has businesses that are tied to to this business, to to the business that Coinbase is in. That trading volume and account creation has declined this summer. Um, May was a good month. Uh, June, uh, I believe, was was okay. July was slower. August is still early, but uh, but August is slower, right? This summer, there's been a massive slowdown in trading activity and account creation pretty much across the board. Um, and I saw some stats about this like a month ago, too. I, I think maybe it was June was slower, July was slower than that. August is so far, I guess, slower than that. Uh, Coinbase is lowering the bar for themselves going forward. It was a good quarter. I suspect that the, the most of that strength came from the early part of the quarter, not the middle and the end part of the quarter. Um, but regardless, it was an okay quarter. And I think you're seeing this reflected in the stock this morning because if the quarter was so great, why isn't Coinbase high, trading higher more? Because I think people know that this summer has been slow. Coinbase basically said that said as much, right? They said it's, it's been a slow summer. They're already warning that their growth is, is going to slow for the current quarter uh, when they report next time around. So, so I think the market understands this. Uh, so the last quarter number is great, but going forward, slow down. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, e- easy chart for me, and then Triple D, I'll let you do your fundamental analysis. Sure. Um, throw out the high and throw out the low for right now like on that, that first part, right? But that 280, that's all I'm going to give you. I mean, boom, you hit 280. It's probably a little bit, I'll give you the exact numbers, the last couple days uh, right here. Let's see. What is 282.43, We're splitting hairs here, 280 here. To me, this gets 280. You hold the bid at 280. Take Go take out the pre-market high. You can have a long-term target here of 320. That's halfway back of the IPA IPO move. Uh, but that 280, that's a roadblock for today. Dennis, you can talk the technicals or fundamentals on it. Uh, it's a big day. It's an important day for that and for Robinhood as well. Because I think we are going to start to see Robinhood and Coinbase track each other to a certain extent. I mean, you know, obviously, Robinhood has equities as well. But there's a big crypto portion of this as well, too. So I would not be surprised if people start pairing those two stocks up together. So it's a very big, important day. For Coinbase here, um, the, the dip was bought. So there was a dip all night, and it has been bought. So that's the good news. Um, yep. The bad news is you do have a big overhead resistance there, 282. You get up over that, then you start thinking about 300. But it's a very, very important day for Coinbase. This is going to be like a determinant. So I would say use yesterday's range, 264 on the downside, 281 on the upside. Um, maybe you stay range bound, but you know, you're towards the upper end of that range right now. Can I take it out? That's the question. We're going to get a CPI number here in three minutes. Yeah. 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 But real, real, real quick on hood. I'm going wide on okay. this one. Uh, <laughs> on Robin hood, Cornbase's report actually, uh, made me a little bit less enthusiastic about Robin hood because, you know, Robin hood said in their S one, how amazing their growth was year over year. A lot of it was driven by crypto, but what, what the Coinbase report says is, that's got nothing to do with Robinhood. That that was just being a rising tide lifted all the ships here because Coinbase's year-over-year re- increases were insane in terms of uh, retail uh, transaction revenue, inst- uh, institutional transaction revenue, uh, 
year-over-year growth was just monstrous for Coinbase. So I think it, it was more of a case of a rising tide lifting all the ships. It was nothing really to do with Coinbase or Robinhood. It was the entire space. And we're definitely seeing a slowdown. I'm telling you, we're seeing a slowdown in the last two, three months. So Yeah, so yeah. those expect th- that quarter is probably not going to be repeated. I mean, and we are going to see Coinbase's numbers come in because of competition. I mean, you're going to start to see... Uh, you know, obviously a lot of other exchanges, crypto exchanges. So, um, you know, that's why I've always been skeptical of Coinbase, but I've liked it for a while. Like the 220 to 230 was such good support. Um, I did play it once. I wish I would have played it and held on to it. Um, I think I took, I can't remember the trade, but I think I took it from like 230 up to 250 once, but I wish I would have rebought it five days ago and it got back down there. That's always my problem. Wow, I scalp while I get out well, but I don't rebuy. <laughs> and then you look back and you look at the stock, you're like, why didn't I rebuy that? So uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys for a couple yeah, minutes Yeah, yeah. I just I'm I just want to reiterate uh, something that Dennis said. He said it's an important day for Coinbase. And uh, yesterday was an important day for AMC. And I just, you know, the the pre-market action that, you know, they had it pumped up there. But boy, oh boy, you failed right at the pre-market area and you down trading up a couple pennies today. Man, there was your potential catalyst, right? The new, you know, their earnings report, and they liked it, and then it turned. So, uh, same, you know, same thing. You don't have to trade every stock every day. You can see how things react to the earnings reports. But I feel feel the very important day coming up for uh, Coinbase. So we got a minute. Everyone's looking for a hot number. Yeah. Uh, I will go to a uh, shorter term chart just for the thrill. Someone asked me. Uh, I usually don't keep anything up uh, shorter than a 15 minute. I do look at uh, the first couple minutes pretty quickly or, you know, on a shorter term frame. And uh, there's your pop, 44.31. Maybe you got a, uh, a decent number. What do you got for me, Spencer? Yeah, so the estimates, it, it, they're thinking it's going to be a hot one here. So it uh, estimates are for a 0.5% increase month over month, a 5.3% increase year over year. Uh, so that, those are our estimates. 5.3, somewhere in the 5.3, 5.3. People jumping the gun here? We got the data out, man. You must have some good servers here. Yeah, wow. Right there, right in line. 4%. It was in line. So, yeah, it was it was right there. 5.4% increase year over year versus a 5.3% estimate. Uh, and then it was right in line with the month over month growth, half a percent. So, uh, yeah, it, it was – they thought it would be a hot one. And it, it, I mean, oh, food and energy. 5.4% is pretty – it's pretty substantial year over year growth, I would say, in prices. Holy moly. That's yeah. like a little hard to fathom here. Yeah, uh, well, they liked it. Maybe it was uh, the uh, excluding food and energy, 0.3 versus 0.4. Who knows about what, you know, how they track it. But the only thing we can look at is we got to pop off the number and we went green. 38 and a quarter is the high from yesterday. If they love this number, if everything's fine, if the variant's fine, we're going to go up. We're going to hold the 44.30 handle. Go up and take out 44.38 and a quarter and continue. I, I'm looking. The, the banks are not really moving off this. They wanted to see a hot number. What do we got? Tax rallying a little bit. I mean, you got to think too, folks, when there's inflation, there's inflation in stock prices too. But uh, they like the number and we're yeah. lifting and we're lifting strong. 
it, it was 5.4% for overall. If you take away food energy, it's 4.3%, which is, okay. you know, uh, still nothing to sneeze at here. Uh, food on its own, food increased 3.4%. Year over year, food prices, energy, 23.8% year over year. <laughs> 38 and a quarter. We just got the print, folks. New all-time high floated right up to that area, 38 and a half, the current high. So it did it. We got back up there. If you are wondering what your two biggest increases were year over year, uh, uh, gasoline uh, up 41% year over year. And no surprise here, used cars and trucks up 41% year over year as well. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, this is so. If CPI, which you know I, I've come to believe over the years, uh, you know, is is um, inflation is so personal anyway. It depends on where you live and all that stuff. But CPI, you know, has come to probably um, skew more conservative uh, than than reality. I I've come to believe that if if CPI is saying it's it's over five percent, then it's probably more like six. Seven percent. So. Yeah, uh, uh, Vegas in here. It's usually double, so we're really running ten. If it's five, I, I, don't, know it's five. I don't know if I would say ten. <laughs> well, I've got the airline tickets in there. That's deflation. It, it, right it's there. So, so the airline tickets and TVs hold it down, but in, inflation is so personal. It all depends on where you live and what you buy and what. You buy. I don't know. I I think housing prices are up everywhere. Has <laughs> anyone in their own area seen housing prices decline? chat question has anyone seen housing prices decline in the last six in the last year no but no housing prices generally speaking don't decline they just don't go up at like they're going up right now and in in ontario year over year housing prices were up over 30 percent in one year that's a little bit inflationary because you know what the majority of a person's expenses is their house their house cost their mortgage payment so, I mean, we know that inflation's been hot. Uh, Joel, good point of the banks. I mean, the TLT, it, it, it has come down a little bit here, the TLT. So you're seeing the banks rally just slightly. But it's it, when the numbers come close to in line like this, the market doesn't totally know. I think you got a relief rally a little bit in the S&P saying, um, you know, that this number wasn't just absolutely crazy. You obviously see that also in the queues. Uh, we were trading in the red. We have went to the green, but nothing violent. Not nope. a real violent move. We we rallied about six seven points in the S and P. I just say one thing. I I just gave you all year over year numbers though. If you go back and look at July versus June versus May, there is some slowdown happening. Uh, used cars and trucks have slowed down massively. Uh, the increase in prices has sort of slowed down massively for in the last few months. There is a slowdown. If you look at the last three, four months. Oh, but, I think so. You've seen lumber even come down, obviously. We yes. know that, you know, in the futures markets. But we've also seen it in, uh, you know, in, 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 at Home Depot. You've seen lumber prices starting to come back in. So, I mean, you are seeing different, you know. I, I don't think you're seeing this huge, you know, that we had back in the spring where everybody is just buying everything hand over fist no matter what the prices were. You have seen definitely a slowdown in the last few months. And hopefully it comes back into some normalcy. You guys want to hear a little bit about inflation? Car yeah. companies are charging five to ten thousand over sticker prices. What? What are you talking? What? What is that? Like if you went to go buy a brand new vehicle right now, and you get yeah. the MSRP. That's what normally you'd pay for. You know, some of us try to get it a little bit lower than that. Yeah, you get a little normal ballpark. Guess what? They're putting premiums on that five thousand to ten thousand dollars more. You what? go pay for that. 
Wait, deal, you're saying dealerships are, are yes, they're raising the MSRP five thousand to ten thousand dollars because they just don't have the inventory to sell, and then they're like, well, you know what? We'll just raise the price. I mean, if used cars are going up, we'll just put that. our new cars up five or ten thousand dollars. I mean, we know used cars and you know, and used trailers, everything, all the price of that stuff has come up. I didn't know they're charging more than the stickers. That seems insane. Boom. But that's um, but but all used car pricing has come up substantially. I mean, yeah. and you know, we've seen say, you know boats, you know, across the board in the last six months to a year. You think how many people make money on their boat, Mitch? You know, like they buy a used boat. And all of a sudden, you know, two years later, their boat's worth more money. The trailers, you know, people buying those are worth more money. I mean, it's in, not just inflationary and new goods, so it's a good point. It's inflationary and used goods as well. Uh, all right, we got Christian Farmhurts here, and oh, you know what? You know what also decelerated month over month was uh, airline tickets. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get Christian Farmhurts on the hopper here. He is the founder of the Tribeca Trade Group, joining us here. Uh, on the show this morning, Christian. Good morning. I don't know if you saw the number there. Do you have a Do you have a take? Quick take or, or no? Hey, it's Joel Elkanen. Save the date for August twenty first for the pre market prep introduction to professional trading special, featuring myself, Dennis, and Rob Friesen of Bright Trading. We'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader, the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use, and how we prepare for our trading day, and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. Do you have a, a take on that number we just got or not really? Yeah, I'm, I think in line is fine. I think uh, as you guys were mentioning that... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody was expecting a pretty hot number, so I, I didn't want to see this number go anywhere around like plus 1%. Plus point, point 0.5, fine. And I even thought that the estimates, like, I wonder who makes these surveys or these estimates. Because, I've wondered that for years. <laughs> because I would have said like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 <laughs> would be what we would be looking for. But hey, 0. 0.5, and you know, you could see the market reacting to it. I'm watching uh, bonds here. You know, I think bonds are going to kind of be a little bit of a clue for the day. But um, you're seeing NASDAQ as well uh, rally a little bit. I think people were really coming into this uh, into this print. And we do have PPI tomorrow, too. But I think people were kind of uh, a little bit worried about um, this data coming out and, 
you know, saw the rotations that we saw on Friday too, after the jobs report. So, um, so I, I like this number. I was not expecting it to go lower. I, I was worried that we would see, you know, uh, a print that would come around plus 1%. Is it fair to say that the Fed apologists and team transitory are in good shape right now? Are in, <laughs> For the time are in decent shape right now. We've seen, I, I, we've seen team transitory. Yeah, the CPI is slow. April versus May versus June versus July, it is getting lower. So I mean, they they can kind of rest a little bit, but I don't think that they're out of the transitory woods yet. I think there's a lot of things that could kind of just as you guys were talking about car prices and so forth, that has to like chill out, and and I think some of these supply issues really have to be, uh, you know, kind of taken care of for some of for some of these prices to stop going up. It's I could tell you, it's awfully expensive to get a beer in New York City these days too. Beer prices went up. I know Kramer says he raises drink prices two bucks. Uh, yeah, at his restaurant yeah. there. Yeah, the, the, hey. there's a little bit of menu shock. I, I didn't know Kramer had a restaurant. Today I learned. I'll yeah, it does. I'll have to go check it out. All right, Christian. So, what are you watching this morning? Besides all that, what are you watching here? Or not even this morning, like this week? Yeah, just kind of seeing the the rotations. Uh, you know, which I think started on Friday when we had that better than expected jobs report. Um, you know, I thought that we would see that if we got a if we got a better than expected jobs report. I thought that we would see some rotation. Um, you know, it's kind. Of, I think it's more. You know, right now we're seeing the growth versus value kind of come back into play. And and um, Dennis, I heard you talking about this morning, kind of the reopening trade. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that's still too dicey. Uh, the reopening trade, you know, maybe there's some place here and there, but I, I think right now it, the story is more the growth versus value and, you know, starting to see some things like, um, which I can share my screen in a second too, but, sure. uh, but, um, you know, I'm really interested in, in what the industrials and what the materials are doing. Obviously, the um, the steel stocks were 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 absolutely in fuego yesterday. Uh, but I want to see if some of those other areas um, are going to catch. You know, the financials started started to get going too on Friday, and they've had some nice continuation this week. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think this market is kind of you kind of you know, have to. Or let me try to share my screen. Sure. Right, let's move this over here. But I think, you know, constantly trying to stay one step ahead of this market with the kind of rotations that we're seeing. Let's try this. Uh, let me just move this over here and hit share. And let's see how this works. Share screen. Make sure you share the right one. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> Always with these, with these different applications. Um, but you should be seeing... My screen now, right? No, we're still seeing you. Oh, there we go. Now we're getting it. And your okay. bike? What kind of bike? We is got that? it now. Um, it is. What? What? What do I have over there? I have a um, an energy. Was it energizer or specialized? Specialized. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> a specialized bike and uh, Joel. I I was up at Saratoga. I don't know if that. I know you're a big uh, horse racing. How fan. was that there? How was the crowd there? Crazy. You want to talk really? about reopening? Oh my goodness! Uh, just crazy. Wow. No masks. Just party like COVID never happened before. Hmm. It's nice to see, actually, like when people can enjoy themselves again. I mean, we've all been locked up, you know, and I do think we're going to get this great reopening. I think Delta just paused it <laughs> temporarily here, and hopefully, we're going to get past this and get this great reopening that we've all been talking about. But what, what are so we looking? At? What, 
yeah, so, we look? so we're looking at the the industrials chart, and one of the things that I note here is that um, jumps off the page to me is just the coiling that's been going on here. So when you have the move, when you have three moving averages wrapped around themselves like this, uh, you often see a decent move once we start to kind of break. And I think we're leaning to the upside here for the industrials. So I, I like this group and I'm, I've been looking for some, you know, for some names that individual names that I like out of here. And I, I think the group looks pretty attractive. It's been dormant. Um, I also like the materials group, which is a little bit different looking chart, but you could see it's it's doing something different. Um, you know, back in June, it started to break down a little bit. And then, you know, we had a sideways period for most of July. And now we're starting to see this this um, this curl back up. And and I like some of the names that are in here, specifically like the, the chemical names. You know, I like OLN. Uh, I like LYB. So I, I think there's some good opportunities in here. Um, you know, based on this constant rotation that we're seeing under the hood of the um, of the S and P. What do you think about this headline that we spent twenty minutes talking about this morning? The Southwest Airlines warning, uh, you know, about Delta variant. Do you think that sort of a headline reverberates across markets in the coming days and weeks, or or not really? I think for those groups, I think there's definitely sensitive groups that are going to, um, you know, get be be more uh, susceptible to to pullbacks you know something something like airlines specifically is is going to but i just as as you guys were alluding to i i i think this is this is another wave of covid i you know maybe i'm being a little bit optimistic here but i don't think it's going to cause like you know the lockdowns and so forth that we saw before so i i think the to use the transitory word that you guys like to use everyone drink <laughs> I, I think that uh, that the COVID situation and the waves are, are transitory. Okay. Ooh, applying it to that. Uh, what do you think about tax and big tax since earnings? Uh, they just great numbers across the board. Uh, Google has just been Google. That that's inching back up. But you know, Apple having this consolidation period. I mean. The trend is up, right? So yeah, consolidation yeah. to blow through that 150. I just wanted to get your, your take on tech. Not going down, but certainly big tech not going up. What's your take on that? Yeah, I like tech. It's just one of those situations, and it's the same thing with the software names too. You just have to be careful about chasing some of these names and just kind of, you know, and being patient and, and waiting for this. Like, so right now I've gotten an alert set right around like 148. Uh, I see some resistance around that level in Apple. So I'm, I'm waiting for that to, um, to trigger. Um, you okay. can see on, on the one hour chart. So I, I think that they, it's nice, even though, there's not a ton of new features with the iPhone, with the new iPhone, but I think you have a little bit of a catalyst there. So that, that's definitely one name on my radar, given the, the technical pattern. And what would uh, you look at? You said 148. Are you looking at like something like that? And you mentioned an hourly. You're looking for a couple hourly closes above that because that's kind of been the top of the trading range. Yeah, some you know on the for intraday hourly closes and and then for the daily chart as well. Uh, you know, so what I've got what's called value areas on on my screens, mm -hmm. um, which looks at volume at price. It's a really really great uh, volume at price indicator that I use. So yeah, I'm I'm looking for 
for on this one hour chart, which is the value area for the week. Um, notice we we try to get here on the announcement of the of the iPhone and didn't have enough power to push through. So I think you just have to be patient and, and wait for this move. You know, wait for a couple one hour bar closes above one forty seven, and then for the uh, for the day uh, one forty eight. So we're close. I mean, it's it's really close. But yeah, I, I like this group. I just think that you 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 can't. Like in my opinion, you, you don't want to get like too far like into um, you know overweight tech if we start to see these rotations happen. But what's nice about this is every time that we do see these rotations into some of the other sectors, what happens is this group becomes um, a little bit more in demand, and then we see the rotation back into sector into um, the tech sector. So. Uh, especially I like some of the earnings reports that we're getting out of, you know, not just the big tech, but just the, the software names. I mean, you know, the, 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 um, this HubSpot was a, was a really good earnings report. Um, I like what's going on in Cloudflare, you know, so I think at this point, like I'm not going to chase Cloudflare up here, but, you know, on dips, like I, I wouldn't mind if we see the rotation back into cyclicals because then I can kind of go get, um, you know, a Cloudflare at like 115. Which I'm I'm looking. I feel like I missed it, but I think there's a lot of other you know opportunities in some growth areas. Like Align Technology had earnings uh, about a week ago, so let these let some of these names kind of come in a little bit, and I think you're going to find uh, you know some some good opportunities. HCNP is one name that I started yesterday too, uh, because I, you got this little pullback. Um, you got a nice gap up, nice um, breakout of the um, of this wedge pattern. Break out to new highs, gap up on earnings, and it's kind of sitting back here. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Is I, I you know, I actually want a little bit of um, a rotation out of tech and growth, so that I can kind of, you know, catch some of these names that gapped up on earnings. Because as you said, I mean, the, some of these earnings were phenomenal that we've seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, and we have seen money coming into the dip, and this buy the dip mentality has been strong. I mean, certain stocks like Amazon maybe weren't bought, but some of these smaller growth names, the dips were absolutely bought. I mean, even Uber, you know, where it was down under $38 right on the headline number, it quickly got bought that and, and rebounded there. So you're seeing, you know, the growth names, or at least the old growth names, a lot of them are getting bought on dips here. And, you know, earnings season gives you those opportunities sometimes. Even Coinbase last night, had dipped down to about 262. It's now up at 281. So you've seen a 20 point dip off the earnings lows there. Right, will you get down and dirty on an earnings report? Like if you see a company that you like and the report doesn't look as bad to you, will you get down and dirty and pull the trigger on an earnings dip? No, I, I tend to look the other way. I'm, I'm looking for names that are showing, you know, a gap up on earnings and then basically, you know, whether or not I want to chase on that day is, is dependent on. You're not on, playing the earnings. You're trying I'm, to stay looking, away from them. Yeah, I'm looking for moves after they report, and I and yeah. I want to follow strength. I you know I think that names that have had these really good quarters, uh, they're they're going to be the go-to names for the next quarter. So that that's really what I get excited about for earnings season because I I do think it's a tough time to swing trade, and I'm more of a swing trader. But really, what I'm looking to do around earnings season uh, for and I try as best as possible to sit on my hands, uh, but but I'm looking for to to see what the next leaders. Are going to be for the next quarter, you know, and and those, you know, you know, when once they start to move, you know, I generally look for them to kind of rest, pull back a little bit, like you know, like the HCNP, you know, and INMD is a, is a is another name too that I that I started yesterday. Um, this is a 
medical device company that has had good earnings. I've been waiting for the dip for this one. So yeah, that that's you know more or less what I'm looking for. Names that that don't that have poor quarters, they're they're kind of in the penalty box, uh, you know, and they could be in the penalty box for for a whole quarter. Like you know, Amazon. I was really excited about this breakout in Amazon that happened, and you know, once it got stifled by earnings, and now mm-hmm. you know, look at this thing. Um, it looks like a mess and it's back into the range. So no, I think that there's better opportunities, uh, you know, in, in the names that are going to be the leaders for the next three months. What about food? We haven't talked about Fubo today. This report is fascinating, a huge surprise, especially within the context of Netflix and Roku, because their reports were not great. Everything that they said, it was, oh, yeah, growth is slowing. Fubo is saying pretty much the exact opposite. Growth is increasing. They raised their guidance. They had a great quarter, and then they raised their sales guidance and their subscriber guidance for the entire year here. Uh, so, and then while they're at it, they, they filed for a, a mixed off offering. Uh, but it was a great quarter for Fubo, uh, against trend. What do you think of this one here? Yeah. And, and that's two in a row for them too, because the last quarter too, you know, so here's a good example. You know, they, they did report a good quarter back in May and, um, you know, they had a nice run from about 20 bucks to, to 30 bucks and they're, and they're testing that high. It's tough. I mean, this is a smaller niche play, I think. So I, I think there's room for that in, in your portfolio. But I think position size is important because from what I understand is it's a pretty crowded space in terms of the streaming. So, you know, it's fun to have a couple of these names in your portfolio, but it, it wouldn't be a core position for me. But, yeah. you know, um, I'm also I think this upstart is really I think this upstart, you know, and it's already running this morning. Yeah. But um, it's pretty amazing when, when you look at some of these these um these finance these finance companies these bank you know companies that are providing um either bank loans or just loans in general there's now been a couple of these things that have really hit lending club was another one that that had a huge monster move on earnings and you know that's a good example this gapped up to 22 23 it's up to 27 so you know i think you could see with this upstart uh, at least a move to 170 um, and it's, it's actually happening, you know, so you can tell what's going on here this morning. It's, it's squeezing. Um, wow. so, so upstart gaps up 30 bucks. How do you control your risk on a play like that? So let's just say, you know, you're, you, you like it, you think it's going to be a gap and go, do you buy it on the first day? Like, cause I like the way I look at it is like, boom, it's up 30. I don't know how to control my risk on that because where am I stopping myself out? Just set us up, you know, if you're if you're liking the, the quarter and you think you want to participate in a potential gap and go trade, how do you set up the risk reward on something like that? I think it's, you know, like like any trade, right, to plan out where your stop price is. And of course, it's tough. It's mentally tough to say, oh, geez, the stock's up, you know, 20 bucks. You know, what am, how am I going to play this? And yeah. I think as long as you define your stop and I talked about this, I, you know, I send out videos at the end of the day, free videos on Twitter. And one of the things I specifically talked about this one, and I said that you could set your stop to 155. You know, of course, you have some overnight risk if you wanted to purchase thing in the, in the um, uh, you know, after hours. But the, the you knew that the, that the brokers were going to come in and upgrade this and increase the price targets. Their, their results were just too strong. Um, so I, I think 155, and when I said this, it was kind of right around here. Um, now it's kind of taking off, but you know, now at this point, as long as you're defining your where your where to get out of this thing, and now I would kind of bump that up to to maybe 160 here. 
um, and maybe take a target at 170 because there's a level that I've got here, which is um, a virgin point of control. So an area of, of um, heavy volume where buyers and sellers have previously met up. Um, so that, that would be a place to take a target and then, and then see if this thing can push through to new highs. Is upstart? Oh yeah, it did. It did trade up to that area. I mean, one sixty-five. I mean, it broke out. Boy, that that's a good setup. I don't know. To me, like one sixty-five, it takes out one sixty-five. Where do you, I mean? That's just based on the short-term chart. But yep. uh, uh, well, Christian, great information today. We really appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure, guys. Christian's handle is up on the screen at C from Hertz. Great follow on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Christian. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right. And have fun on that bike. Uh, It is 8.54. There's a bunch of tickers flying in the chat. I've been trying to keep up. There was more earnings we didn't get to. We didn't talk about Unity. Upstart is is going on on its earnings report. Let's see. We didn't talk about WW, which is one of, if not your big loser of the morning, on their earnings report. Uh, Wix.com is down big today on their earnings report. Oh man, where do we're we go? seeing the growth tech? It just continues to get bought when there's an earnings dip. Unity software, same thing last night. It dipped down on the report. How low did we get, Joel? I thought I saw 104 on you. Let me see. We got. And you know what? You turn around and they just 102. 102. Wow. And I mean, Coinbase was the same thing last night. I know Christian. He's a little maybe more conservative because he doesn't like to trade the actual, you know, the, the dips on the earnings. Like I just think. You know, sometimes you get that earnings dip, but it's, you know, a misinterpretation. I'm all about, you know, and I'm a different style too, but I get down dirty sometimes in the earnings reports as well. I always lower my size if I'm doing that because um, obviously, you know, there's more risk involved. But, you know, if you're looking at a stock like Etsy, I bought it on the dip. It's a stock that's been in favor. It's just the type of market that we're in right now. It's like you got to identify we're in this buy the dip mentality. We're not in the buy the dip on WW. You know, we're in the buy the dip on growth names. It's a growthy market right now. And Christian does such a great job identifying what type of market we're in. And he's looking to upstarts and stuff because he's realizing, you know, growth is back in favor, at least in the short term it has been, at least in the last month. So, you know, when you get the dip on the growth name, that's the kind of dip that gets bought, you know. And that's why, you know, I did buy the Etsy and I did buy the Uber dips because I felt like those were two dips that would get bought. I'd not buy the Amazon dip. I own Amazon in the long term. That's not a growth name, though. Amazon, you know, you can think of it as a growth name, but it's not really. You know, it's a cash cow mega cap name. So, I mean, there is opportunity sometimes. And sometimes you can really get your head ripped off doing that, too. So I'm not suggesting new traders to come in on buy every dip on every, you know, earning stock because some of these dips do have follow through. But we're in the type of market right now where it seems like you're being rewarded if you're taking that little bit of excessive risk and you get a good name that's dipping like Coinbase or you last night. It was an opportunity. I wish I would have bought those. Uh, Coinbase. Now the CFO comes on the old CFO pump on uh, CNBC, and you did get that. You got the move up over two eighty. The fact you got the how high did you get? You get to two eighty two eighty five, and then uh, the two day high is eighty two forty three. Back under two eighty now. I mean, there's the battle zone. That's the bulls. You clearly got to clear out that seller two eighty to two eighty two. And uh, it looks kind of open and uh, wide open on that. I'm not going to say 300, but you can see on the daily chart when it came back down hard through 300. Big psychological number. 
Uh, market still like it, still holding up. Made a new all-time high at uh, 44.39 and just hanging out here. It looks like we're bid near uh, all-time highs for the session. Uh, I'd be, be curious your thoughts uh, on the growth front. I'd be curious your thoughts on the ARKK because that was so for so long was a or not for so long, but for been out of favor for was the proxy for growth. Yeah, favor. ARKK. Not not in favor, but I don't really know, actually. It's kind of at a crossroads here. And, I mean, yesterday's tape was telling you maybe some of the money's going to come out of the growth names and move back into the reopening. Then today we're getting a complete reversal of that, where some of the growth names are popping the reopening trades, thanks to LUV or not. Um, you look at ARKK, you know, from a valuation perspective, she likes buying everything that's high, high growth. So, I mean, your risk reward is always, your risk is always going to be higher on ARKK because she's buying the high growth names. But when growth comes back into favor, ARKK is going to outperform. When growth comes out of favor, it's going to underperform. So you're on, a, you're on like a leveraged growth play when you're buying ARKK. And that can work. And, you know, I've always challenged some of these valuations that she pays for stuff, growth at any cost. So that's why I personally don't own any ARKK because I don't like the growth at any cost. I tried that style back in the year 1998, 1999, 2000. It worked well for a few years. And then the tech bubble burst, and I was like, I'll never pay ridiculous valuations for companies again just because I got punished for doing that. Um, but, you know, it's growth at any cost has been working for a while, and maybe it continues to work for a long time. We don't know. I don't think we're in an imminent crash situation. But, you know, I, I'm just a more conservative investor than Kathy was. Brick wall at 125 and a half. I mean, you can show it last three highs surrounded by that area. So, Bob, and now we're two and a half bucks away from it. So if you're looking for ARKK to rip up to 130, boy, you got to clear out that seller at one, one twenty-five. more quick. One, one more quick. Let's do CTVA, Corteva, Chemicals Play. Let's do CTVA. Oh, going off the board on us here. Uh, I haven't traded this one in a long time. Uh, flat CTVA. What, what's, what's, uh, What's the skinny on it? I uh, they had earnings last week. Earnings were good. They, uh, gap and go. Christian Frommert's little gap and go here. CVTA? No, okay. CTVA. That's the right, dyslexia, Joel. Yeah, I don't see. I don't. Uh, show me what you could do here. It uh, looks like forty-six and a quarter. That's all. It's all there. Boom. She came up shy last couple days. Big resistance there. But uh, all right, I'll let you guys finish it up. Uh, we got a lot of tickers here to cover on Pre Market Prep Plus. So I'm going to hop over and uh, see you guys all at one. That'd be uh, you, Dennis, Spencer, and Mitch. See you <laughs> yeah. guys later. For a meeting that we're going to forget about. Uh, anyway, uh, there was a bunch of tickers in the chat uh, that we, we didn't catch here. Uh, quick question for one that I guess, Dennis, maybe you can address real fast. And I mm-hmm. think I know the answer. They, it was asked about do you guys use time frame continuity? as part of your trading which i think is part of the strat strategy and so i'm going to say well, you- what do you mean by that do you like it's like just, you're using the same time frames for all trading like what what is that question? no the time frame continuity is like a specific um um i don't want to call it do i want to call it an indicator is that what it is um i guess it's an indicator yeah there are like there are indicators that sort of embody that so um, I, I I don't think you guys use that uh, to answer. See, I don't use hardly any indicators yeah. in my technical analysis. I use ninety day charts. So like I like a, and and you know it, we're gonna do obviously our training seminar there yes. on the twenty first. I got the date right. You do. I can't even get the dates right. Um, you know, and if I teach technical analysis, I teach technical analysis in three minutes. Mm-hmm. My entire book on technical analysis would be like four pages. 
A majority of my trading is relationship-based trading. I buy certain stocks because other stocks are doing certain things. I like to look. That's why I love this reopening and this cues. It's all relationship-based. And, you know, it's quantitative approach to the markets mm -hmm. more than anything. Um, from a charting perspective, support. I'll do. I'll teach my whole technical analysis in the next minute. You're going to do it in 10 seconds. Support, resistance, trends. That's it. Support, resistance, and trends. And that's it. I don't use any moving averages. I don't use any indicators. We do like the little, when they make a little double bottom or double top, which means two consecutive highs or two consecutive lows as an area for a potential reversal of a trade. But for the most part, support, resistance, and trends. Stocks trending up, I'm buying dips. Stocks trending down, I'm selling rips. And that's pretty much how I do it. And then, you know, they might break out. You know, if it starts to break out through that trend line, then I look, you know, that, okay, maybe this is going to be a reversal of trend. But support, resistance, and trends is 90% of technical analysis. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot, Dennis. We will talk to you later. Good uh, luck, everyone. I know the, the, the thing at one o'clock, that was just Joel talking to Dennis and I uh, to plan out the, the Saturday event. Uh, Neil will be back today on Get, Get Technical. So here's the schedule for today since, since I have you all here. We got us. We're, I'll probably hang out with you guys for about 10 minutes or so. We're going to do live trading with Benzinger, myself, Mitch, Ryan Fluna, starting at 915 at 10, we'll go until 10.30. At 10.30, David Green will hop on. David and I will hang out until 11. SPACs attack today at 11. Power hour at noon. Get technical with Neil at 1. Moon or bust at 2. First trade at 3. Joel and I back at 3.30 for the At The Close Show. Uh, how to trade with Benzinga Pro at 4 o'clock with Mike Rao. Penny Lane at 5. We're doing a brand new test show later today at 6, which uh, I will let... Uh, I'll let that one hang there. I'll let that one linger there. I'm not going to tell you too much about that. Uh, and then aftermarket therapy at um, 7 o'clock tonight. I also want to mention we're doing a replay tonight at 6.30. If you missed yesterday, uh, a great interview on our new show, The Roadmap. It is set to replay at 6.30. If you're into NFTs, guys, check out The Roadmap. It airs weekly. It aired yesterday at 3 o'clock. We're going to do a replay tonight at 6.30 of that show. It's about a half-hour show. So excited. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, we talked to all about uh, a little bit about Doge, a lot about uh, new NFT projects, and it was great stuff. So that'll be at 6.30 tonight, that replay. Okay, I know there's a lot of tickers, a lot of tickers that we did not cover. Uh, and I forget who, who it was now. I, I don't write down who mentions what in the chat, but it was a great point, whoever it was that mentioned Fubo. Because uh, Fubo uh, does have a rather high short interest, which I think is 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 worth pointing out here. So I'm going to pull up my Benzinga Pro. I'm actually going to go to the uh, the Pro Beta tool. If you don't, if you have Benzinga Pro, you can go to Pro Beta P R O B E T A Pro Beta Log in to your Benzinga Pro account and check out the beta platforms where we test new new uh, new features. Uh, we have short interest data in there. So on Fubo, you can see. 21% of the float is currently sold short. A float of 130 million shares, 23% of those shares are, are sold short. So pretty substantial. That's not like astronomical, but it certainly is high. 21% uh, float is, uh, sold shares sold short of Fubo. So you, you've got that. And at the same time, you've got this. Uh, I don't like this. Let's go here. Uh, you've got that, that crazy earnings report, uh, that great quarter. And... I didn't even mention this. If you if you saw the headline, which I'm, I'm sure you did, if you're following the story, they're opening up a sports book. So you, you got a couple wins at, uh, at 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 Fubo's back here this morning. This one could rip higher. 
for sure. It's been out of favor. You know, we know what it can do in the past. It got to $60 last year. We know what it can do. Let's see what it does here. But this is a very interesting. Whoops. One second. This is a very interesting setup this morning um, in, in Fubo. Multiple uh, tailwinds. And then ACI. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Guys, isn't this is this must be an inflation play, right? This thing is going parabolic. ACI is going parabolic here. Albertsons. Uh, Kroger is doing okay. Doing well. I mean, not okay. It's doing well. It's not quite going parabolic, but if you, you know, zoom way out here on Kroger, you know, it's having a great year. This would seem to be just, an, we talked about growth being back in favor. It seems like there's two things. There, there's growth. And on the other hand of the spectrum, on the other side of the spectrum, you have like staples, right? I mean, what 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 is ACI if not a consumer staples company? And I look, I already looked. It's not a this is not a short squeeze, not an especially high short interest or anything like that. This is just good old fashioned inflation. It upgrades from upgrade, Chris Smith. Honestly, that like one upgrade is not is not going to do this. It's not going to do that on on a on a grocery chain, in my opinion. I, I had not been watching this though. So whoever brought up ACI, whoever was mentioning in chat, great, great call out because um, that's huge. That that's huge. So okay, and then uh, I know there's a bunch I missed. Wendy's didn't they report? I think Wendy's is this week. I may have missed it. Uh, I apologize. Let me scroll here. There's a few more tickers I wrote down. Oh, public service announcement, guys. And I, I keep, I always write down upcoming events just so I, I have them on my radar. Upcoming like um, events that I think will be catalysts for stocks. Like I don't write down, you know, CPI because I, I you know I, I know that I'll know about CPI on that day. But I I, I I will write down any big corporate events that I think are important. August 19th, okay? If you're in Tesla, if you're trading Tesla stock or options, whatever, August 19th, Tesla's AI day. That is around that's next week. Okay. So if you're in Tesla uh, especially if you're in options, have next Thursday on your radar because that could be a catalyst. I'm always running down dates that I think could be news catalysts. August 19th is one for Tesla. So just write that down. Write that down. Um, uh, workhorse. Yeah, food inflation. Exactly. That's Yeah, that would seem logical to me, right? Um, but, 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 workhorse, I haven't looked at workhorse for, I mean, I have, but I don't really remember what it's doing. Is this, I, I don't, I don't know how high the short interest is. And let's go look here. I don't think it's especially high. Oh, well, I stand corrected. 35% of the float is sold short. That is significant. Now, that doesn't mean. Not every stock with a high short interest has to squeeze to the moon, right? Um, to, everyone, to everyone who's short this thing, though, I mean, I, I guess you could, what, are you trying to write it down to like five or, th- or four or three? It's already, it's already fallen by 75%. Um, but no, that does not that doesn't mean there has to be a squeeze just because there's a high short interest. So I, I would caution, I would caution against that for sure. Um, I know there's a bunch of stocks we didn't get to um, uh, this morning. Uh, earnings, 
I know there's just there's like two there's two on there's a hundred a day. Um, so how about SoFi? Stop asking me about SoFi. Oh, okay. What is it doing? Is it doing anything? Okay, it's it's had a good good week or so. I'm long from twenty and change. Uh, when do they report? Hey, look, it says it right here. Call tomorrow. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about this morning? We didn't talk about AMC. Guys, this is this is concerning. Seriously, and, and I'm I'm not I'm not messing around. Like the, yesterday's tape was concerning. That was such an excitable, such a, a a bullish conference call. They were leaning into all the retail investors, the power to the people. We're we're taking Bitcoin. We're talking to sports leagues. Maybe we're doing a thing with GameStop. Who the hell knows? It was such an excitable call, and, and there were things not to like for sure. I mean, if you don't like, if you don't believe in theaters, and why would you like the fact that they're buying more theaters? Um, I mean, their attendance, frankly, is is not even close to where it was pre-COVID. Um, but I mean, it, it was a raw, raw kind of call, and they could not even hold those gains for a day. For a day, that's not what you want to see. Not what you want to see at all. Seriously, this is concerning. It's been in a downtrend. Everyone who's holding, I, I hope it works out for you, but you know, have some stops or mental stops, please, because this is it, it. Doesn't look great. I mean, I said that up here too, right? I said that in June, and we had that rip higher. This thing is liable to rip higher, you know, 20, 40 percent on any on any given day or any given week. It probably will, actually. It'll probably go back to 50 at some point. But is it going to go back up here? Is it going to get back get back to 60 or, or 70 or got to 72 before? I don't I just don't know. Doesn't look good. Right? Doesn't look good. I am I being too nice? Maybe. Maybe I am being too nice. Doesn't look good. That's all I'll say. Doesn't look good. Okay. Um again, that pro beta site that I mentioned, if you are a Benzinga Pro user. It's literally there's the you know let me just put I'll put the URL on the screen. If you have Benzinga Pro, you want to check out where we test our new stuff, new features, probeta.benzinga.com. Link on the screen. There it is. Check it out. Uh, as far as the link to the pre-market prep Saturday special, that's that's what I'm calling it. Uh, Joel, Dennis, Dennis's boss will be there. Rob Friesen, Mitch will be there. I would be there, but I have a wedding on that day in upstate New York. So I, I, I'll be out, but the link to that uh, is in the description. You can also just go to premarketprep.com to find out more about that. Yeah. And so just to give you guys a better idea of what will, what will happen there, uh, it'll be three hours. I think maybe they're going to go longer. I mean, they'll probably go longer. Let's be, let's be honest. They're probably going to go longer. Uh, it'll be three hours. Uh, it'll be basically Joel and Dennis and Rob are both going to, are all going to walk through their trading strategies pretty in depth. Uh, they're going to walk through their morning routine. What do they do every single morning when they wake up and sit down on their computer? Right, like what what do they look at? What charts? What what news? What, what whatever? They're going to walk through exactly how they approach the market every single day. Uh, they're going to talk about uh, prop trading, how to do that. That's why Rob is there. They're going to talk about their the, the strategies that they use. And they're going to allocate a substantial. Uh, well, this is what I told them. I told I told them to allocate a substantial amount of time to Q and A. So there will be a large portion 
devoted to just question, answer, question, answer. Again, link in description. That's all I got. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.